This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome to the Outdoor Drive podcast. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and... This is the incredible Steve. The incredible Steve. What's <laughs> up, Steve? How I just are had, you, buddy? I, I had to give you one. Had to give I'm you glad. one. Thank you. I appreciate it. About time. It only took you a year. Yeah, literally a year this week. Congratulations, well, buddy. Yep. Thank you. Congratulations to you too, man. Been a fun it's year. A, it's been a fun drive, man. I, I've had a lot of fun, man. Thank you. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of love and a lot of damn it. I wish we were still back at Pennsylvania this weekend. <laughs> oh, me too, man. There was a lot of that in my life. Like, why? Why aren't we not at Harrisburg? No, it sucks. But you know. It's all right. This is like the year to reset. Be like, oh, okay, my liver, my gut, it's all going to recoup for next year. <laughs> I guess I guess so. I guess I agree with you there. And in this podcast, we talk a lot about that, missing out on SHOT Show and ATA and kind of that stuff too. Courtney kind of goes through all that. So this week we have Courtney from – or it's what Courtney with freckles. Uh, she is from <laughs> – she's from – um, the outdoor channel or the outdoor sports outdoor sports group. group. Yep. So she's going to join us this week and we're going to kind of go through everything on, you know, how she lives her life fully outdoors. Uh, Courtney's a very interesting person. I had the chance of hunting with her on ducks on the bay uh, with Danny, the duck man. We go through a little bit on that. So uh, we got to hunt yeah, together. I couldn't let you guys go that whole time and not bring that up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I I meant to, and I totally forgot, honestly, but, and I totally, we forgot to even mention who we were hunting with, but we were hunting with Danny from, uh, from ducks on the bay. So if you guys haven't checked him out, make sure you go and do that on Instagram, Danny, yeah. uh, ducks on the bay on Instagram or ducks on the bay.com if you want to book a hunt with him. So, so man, what do you, what have you been up to, man? What's going on? Same old, same old, trying to capitalize on all the snow that's coming down. Finally got out, did a little bit of predator hunting this weekend. Uh, was a little slow. We did an afternoon hunt, but right now, you know, you're in the peak of the breeding season out here, so you never know what's going to happen. Uh, we hit four sets before dark and really wasn't happening. Had one off in the distance, but didn't come in. Saw a lot of deer still carrying antlers. That was heartbreaking more yeah. so than not having dogs come in but you know it was good to just get out go hike the mountains start getting back in shape before shed season you know reminding myself how out of shape i am before turkey season the usual did you find any turkeys 
a shit ton of sign and it's a spot that we've taken quite a few birds out of there. Uh, we used to reserve this area strictly for the vet hunts uh, just because it's a really good population. But this year they're booming. Perfect. Uh, they, they pulled a, a hen and a Jake out during the fall out of mm-hmm. this property. So there are plenty left in there. Hopefully it works out in the spring. Perfect. That's good, man. So I've kind of been ice fishing every day. You don't say. All day. Well, we got all this damn snow, so it's been tough. We just got dumped with another like five inches today, and there's more coming in the next couple of days. So oh, yeah. We're going to have plenty of snow. It's been covering up sheds. Uh, got out a little bit the other day, and it's just there's too much snow on the ground. So hey, is is. Snow is a really good squirrel deterrent. Yeah, and it'll be there during turkey season. So I'm not sure if I'll be doing more shed hunting or more turkey killing. So Exactly. I think it'll be pretty well balanced. Yeah. So I'm excited for that and whatever else. Kind of messing around with gear and kind of getting everything kind of tuned in for snow goose season and turkey season. I got all kinds of cool chokes and oh, fun dude, turkey that, call. That, and- what do you call it? The snow plow? Oh, yeah. The snow that plow. That thing is badass. Yeah, I went with the... Um, Sorry, I got a pile. It's like of a shit. white anodized choke. So it's black some. clouds. Um, this is this is the same as the uh, code black, but it's in the snow goose edition. So it's in it's got the white finish on it. So so this is effective up to seventy yards. I really can't wait to test that. I almost want to see what that would do on a turkey load. <laughs> I'm saying, man, that's just a cool ass looking choke. Problem is, is now you got to white out the rest of that freaking shotgun. Oh, don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> I'll repaint that thing white. No problem. I got a buddy right up the road here that hydro dips. Hmm. Any pattern you want. Perfect. Or I'll just do a YouTube video on spray painting your shotgun. Of course, man. <laughs> then you end up with paint and oil and shit down the barrel. And yeah, good times. Great. Yep. I love watching do-it-yourselfers do oil dips. It never worked. It looks cool as shit till they go to shoot it. I did that one time on some skulls, and it just never comes out right, and you can never reverse it. And that was kind of why I kind of gave up with it. Um, Guys like, can you hydro dip? Can you? Yeah, I can. I can try anything twice. Right. But um, it just never comes out right, and I don't want to mess up your skull, so I just stopped doing it because you can really mess it up. What if the person wanted different? They wanted. They wanted maw. And you did it pink, you know? Right. And, ah, shit. You know, it just yep. didn't. Ain't worth it. Give them the skull back and they can go pay someone who knows what they're doing. Yep. I don't play around with that. So, um, yeah, man. Some fun things. We have a couple of cool, cool giveaways coming for the turkey season. Speaking of, if you guys haven't gone over to NorteasterGameCalls.com, go over and check them out. Uh, all their game calls, especially for turkey season coming up. Uh, we have the Ridge Runner will soon to be for sale. The um, We're going to have an Outdoor Drive Series Turkey Pot Call, um, which will go on sale very soon. And what else? Oh, the Little Cluckers uh, Box Calls. So turkey season, get filled up on that. Uh, NorriserGameCalls.com for all of your outdoor call needs. Um, also on giveaways... Uh, timber tumblers 
We have two tumblers. We're going to do a giveaway. So stay tuned to that. Make sure to go on and like our social media platforms so you can keep up with all the recent giveaways that we have going on. So you can also, if you just want to go and get one and you don't want to get it on the giveaway, I get it. I understand it. Go over to TimberTumblers.com and you can get yourself a custom tumbler like I have or like Steve has. Um, you can put any logo on it or you can get the outdoor drive one with your name or whatever you like, however you like it. Um, get a custom one over there. Um, also, um, Wild Edge Inc. WildEdgeInc.com. They're the leader in mobile hunting. Uh, they have your saddle, your battlement. Um, they have the new saddle, which is the Berserker. If you guys haven't checked that out, you can check that out over there. Uh, your 8 mil ropes uh, and the steps by step ladder. Or the step ladder by Wild Edge. <laughs> I just get that out. That was a tongue twister for a second. Um, also, you can go and check out outonthelimb.com. No, it's out on the limb. MFG. MFG. I always forgot about that. Dot com. Um, go and check those guys out for all of your saddle hunting platforms, tree stands, camera arms. Um, they have a little bit of everything over there. All all kinds of customer custom metalwork at outonthelimbmfg.com. Wicked and Twisted Bowstrings, wickedtwistedbowstrings.com for your custom-made custom strings. Uh, any co- size, color, creed, you name it, you can order it over there uh, on their website, and she will ship it to you, or you can go up to Trader Jans and put, get them put on the bow. Uh, also, who else am I forgetting? I always do this. <laughs> I have such a tough time with this. Well, I'm doing it off my head. Broadside camo. I did that on purpose. <laughs> broadside camo, broadsidecamo.com. Steve is wearing a broadside camo hat. So um, they are the photorealism camouflage for the aerial hunter. Uh, they have a little bit of everything in camouflage. I mean, some of the best stuff for the, the saddle hunter, the, the, the innovative side of camo for the saddle hunter in his camouflage clothing. So. Go and check that out. Get yourself the Ascender series for your late season hunts, but also the um, Closer series. I get them two of them mixed yep. up. Yeah, Closer for your early closer season. Closer for your early season, um, for your turkey season, and uh, your Omega also for a little bit later in turkey season. So, and it's they make that in the uh, reverse, the Versa, the Versa light, which is a reversible and it has Omega on one side and the Closer on the other. So. Go and check them out, broadsidecamo.com. So, but keep up on all of our giveaways that we have going on. You can go and like our Facebook page, Outdoor Drive Podcast. On there, you can get a link to our new group. We have a little social media group on there. You guys get on there and kind of see what's going on. We have some fun stuff. Uh, local community people uh, of the Outdoor Drive always putting up stuff, uh, ice fishing trips and hunting trips and a little bit of this, a little bit of that on there. So. And sometimes maybe a little bit of an exclusive stuff comes out on there a little bit earlier than they do on any of the other places. Uh, also, our Instagram page, Outdoor Drive Podcast. Um, we will also do be giving away on there as well. Um, if you guys aren't ready, subscribe to this YouTube page, hit the notification side, and uh, why not leave a comment because that's always a good thing to do. And on if you guys are listening on Apple Podcast, please give us a five-star review uh, and a review there. So we would greatly appreciate it because that's what gets the word out so that everyone can kind of find out who we are. So we appreciate you. 
definitely. Especially long winded. No, no, you did good. You know, after a year of that, you're you're doing really well. You you kind of got it spooled up. Like, <laughs> all right, Trev, let it go. Pull the pin. <laughs> well, the problem is the problem is this, right, Stephen? So, I get so into that that normal thing I always say. I think I need to change it up a little bit because everyone's heard this intro a million and one times. You would think I just recorded the same exact one. Yeah, we could always do that, but what's the fun in that? I think at this point they like hearing the stumbling and the changing it up and the forgetfulness and all. It just adds some versatility. This is this is my problem with it, right, Steve, is, is this, is that I am so used to not thinking when I talk, which gets me in a lot of trouble. So when I have to think <laughs> when I talk, I stumble for the words. Like, I know what to say. I just don't know how to say them. No, I feel you. I feel you. It's all good. You do a good job of it. Apparently, people think we do a good job of it because they're still listening. I'm not sure why, but. I'm sorry for them. Well, let's get on to bigger and better things. You can do that. But first, I need you to crank that bad boy up. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. Get on to bigger and better things like Mike Salter. The news for your cruise. Oh, yeah. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your cruise. Uh, the theme lately has been bills, bills, bills all across the country. Uh, we're going to start off a little bit the same this week, uh, this time in Utah with House Bill 295, which has been introduced uh, and would ban big game baiting and regulate trail camera use in the state. Uh, the bill would ban placing uh, food or nutrient substances for the purpose of taking or attempting to take big game. Uh, the game camera regulations would include pro, uh, prohibiting trail camera use from August 1st through December 31st and prohibiting cell camera use from July 1st through December 31st or cameras at any time uh, if placement, maintenance, or use of a trail camera or similar device prevents wildlife from accessing or alters the manner in which wildlife accesses a spring water source or artificial basin that collects water or is designed and constructed to collect water. Now, there are some exceptions to these, which would include if a person clearly marks each trail camera or similar device to indicate ownership, uh, any person who places, maintains, or uses a camera or similar device with the Wildlife Division's approval, or a person who places, maintains, or uses a trail camera or similar device on private property with the landowner's permission. So anyone who would like to comment on the bill can email the bill sponsor, Casey Snyder, at Snyder S-N-I-D-E-R, at le.utah.gov, and any members of Utah's Wildlife Board. Uh, now on to Pennsylvania, where the Pennsylvania Game Commission is asking for your help. Uh, wildlife biologists are looking for flocks of wild turkeys to trap, band, and release this year. So if you see any flocks of turkeys in northwestern PA, you can call the Northwest Region Office at 814-432-3187. Now down to Virginia, and I'll have to thank Stephen's better half for sending this one to me. Uh, So thank you, Kim. Um, Pay attention, muskie anglers. Uh, Recently, DNR biologists were sampling the Shenandoah River for muskies, which they have been doing since 2009. Uh, this year, the biologists caught two of their largest muskies uh, of their careers. 
They caught two fish over 50 inches with the largest weighing 40 pounds. Um, so there are some monsters to be had in the Shenandoah, and the DNR biologists are asking anglers to consider recording their catches uh, in the new Muskie Angler Diary Program, which will provide the biologists with data to better manage the muskie fishery uh, in the Shenandoah and other areas of the state. So the program can be found on the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources webpage. Now, lastly, uh, this is a call to all youth who enjoy the outdoors. Pheasants Forever is looking for stories from youth who hunt, fish, shoot, or just enjoy the outdoors in general to be included in their uh, Forever Outdoors Youth Journal. Uh, they are looking for anyone under 18 to submit a 300 to 800 word story with uh, high resolution photos. Uh, a few topic examples that they provided are stories about, uh, you know, like a favorite bird dog or a specific outdoor place that is special to you, your first harvest, deer, pheasant, or other game, uh, family adventure or tradition in the outdoors, showing someone else the outdoors, uh, or partic participating in outdoor activities outside of hunting and fishing. Uh, you can send submissions to Pheasants Forever editor Tom Carpenter at tcarpenter at pheasantsforever.org. Uh, you can attach a Word file or put the story right in the body of the email and make sure to use Forever Outdoors Story in the email subject line. Uh, with that, uh, I appreciate all the news coming in. Again, uh, if you guys have anything, please feel free to send it to me. Reach out to me on Facebook at Mike Salter or Bearded underscore Bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. See, now, now that we're on to bigger and better things, we can even go to bigger and better things and way better things actually probably than what we could. Ever. <laughs> All I want to say is Mike, uh, uh, the old lady oh, appreciates the shout out because yes, we do have some really big fish in the Shenandoah. So she was excited to send that one over and uh, thanks for pointing that one out. But buddy again for like we were talking I really appreciate all you do for the show. I think you're 37 episodes straight with news and dude, we couldn't do it without you. So thanks. Yeah, man. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And I know you have the little one coming soon and congratulates to you on that also. But if you guys haven't, and, and going back on what Steven was saying, if you guys haven't already, if there is news that you want to hear, about or share to all to everybody send it over to mike salter get a hold of him um on instagram or on facebook and just get that information over to him so it can be on the news for your cruise don't be afraid yeah, if you see something out. cool just just send him the link he'll take it from there he's the man with that he'll dissect it and get everything going where it needs to be so what do you think trev now that we've yeah. long-winded ourselves through this first year let's get someone a little more uh exciting enticing whatever you want to call it more interesting on the air let's do it all right brother let's bring on courtney
All right, welcome back. We are on the phone with Courtney. How are you, Courtney? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Hello from Denver, Colorado. I was just going to ask <laughs> where you're calling in from. I know you did a ton of traveling this year and got to hunt all over. So Yeah, she's I, still got sunlight in the background. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, honestly. <laughs> just a couple hours behind. So, Courtney, why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and, and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Courtney Nicholson. Um, I'm the social media manager at Outdoor Channel. And uh, I live in Denver, Colorado now, but I'm originally from Massachusetts. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, you're good. I'm going to say you got electronic ghosts in the house. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah. So I've, uh, I grew up in Massachusetts and uh, kind of lived all over um, and ended up here in Colorado with stops in New York City and Michigan and Wisconsin and kind of have lived all over. So, yeah. Kind of have that gypsy soul, huh? East Coast <laughs> roots, though. East Coast roots. East Coast forever. I will always be a New Englander. So, um, <laughs> you yeah. You must be excited with the Super Bowl and Tom Brady. I mean, I'm always uh, excited with Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, well, this time he proved him wrong. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, I kind of fell out of watching football for a little while. The first year that I moved here to Denver, the Broncos were playing the Patriots. So I was like, do I want everyone to hate me or not? I'm like, I'm just going to be yes. very, very quiet yes, and eat nachos. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you're in, you're in probably one of the only other places in the country where they take that team as serious as they do in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. 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 Denver so. fans are a whole different level. <laughs> so what kind of got you into the outdoors the outdoor world like hunting and fishing did you start when you were young or I didn't actually so um I grew up doing a lot of fishing and clamming um my first job was actually at an oyster farm um we did a lot of camping spent a ton of time in New Hampshire and Maine and uh kind of all over I grew up right on the ocean um and yeah, but no one in my family ever hunted. And uh, I actually moved to New York City when I was 18 for college. And um, and when I graduated, I started working in the TV industry. I worked on set for a couple different um, shows for a couple years. And then I uh, was looking at uh, different networks to work at and um, ended up at Sportsman Channel. So um, it was just kind of a fluke. I started working there and I had never hunted before. I think I'd shot a gun like two or three times. And, uh, yeah. Um, I worked there for maybe a year and, uh, and was like, this kind of looks like fun. I want to try it. So that's, that's you the just story. Jumped, you kind of just jumped into it. Yeah, it was, I mean, so random. I think about the chances of me never becoming a hunter and they're extraordinarily high, but, um, yeah, I went to my first shot show in uh, I think 2012, and uh, 
met one of our show hosts and uh, he was like, what's your favorite thing to hunt? And I said, I don't hunt. He's like, what? And I was like, I always wanted to, but I didn't know anyone who hunted, like not one person. I was living in New York city. And uh, he's like, well, I know a girl who's about your age. She lives in upstate New York. Um, I'll give you her phone number. And so I called this girl out of the blue and it was, I don't know, March or April or something like that. And it's like, will you take me hunting? And she's like, have you taken Hunter Ed? And I said, no. She said, do you own a gun? And I said, no. She said, do you own any camo? And I said, no. She's like, uh, well, go do those things and then call me in May. And so I did. I took Hunter Safety um, by myself in the Bronx um, at, uh, yeah, at a substance treatment facility center. Uh, same difference. It's an same difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very unclear what you were signing in for uh, when you walked <laughs> in the door. So um, I don't know which addiction is worse um, or which addiction is cheaper. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I took my hunter ed course. It was like a day and a half. It didn't have a range portion. I uh, went to a gun shop. I bought the cheapest shotgun I could find in case I didn't like this whole hunting thing. Um, yeah. Went to Cabela's, bought a pair of like camo blue jeans and a camo rain jacket and drove five hours up to the middle of nowhere and met some girl and we went turkey hunting. Nice. So, wow. Yeah. Little chilly hunt. Uh, it wasn't actually, it was pretty hot. It was the last weekend of the season. It was like Memorial day weekend. And gotcha. so it was hot as heck. Birds weren't really, I mean, it was already past, um, past prime time. So, uh, we called in a couple of hens, but didn't, didn't get any times. So, um, yeah. And that didn't turn you off to hunting because you didn't have that success like you see on TV. Oh gosh. No, I thought it was just so cool that, you know, we were, we called in a hen and like she walked up and she was maybe 10 feet away from us and had no idea that we were there. And, uh, I saw two fawns like right at sunrise, like playing tag in this beautiful field. And, um, it's like, I, I like this, this is really cool. So that nice. fall I went on my first duck hunt and then I ended up getting my first turkey and then kind of was hooked. And that nice. was the end of it. And that was the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was all downhill from there. So, um, nice. do, do, do you wish that you were in the other line when you went for your hunter ed than hunting at that point? <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, there's days when you're hunting for like three days straight where you're like, I don't know, this like Red Bull, I need something more. Uh, <laughs> when I was living in Michigan, uh, turkey season and prime bow fishing is at the same time. And so there were three days where I was um, going to work, getting off work, sleeping for like two hours, uh, going bow fishing all night till maybe one or two in the morning, then going turkey hunting till like nine and then going to work and did that for like three days to the point where like, I'm not sure if it's safe for me to be driving. Yeah. Red <laughs> like Bull's not cutting it at that point. Yeah. No. Like it's two in the morning and I don't even know which, which way's up. So, but nice. I don't so, know how some people do it. 
It's crazy. We have a bunch of buddies that they, they run bow fishing rigs and then, then they go out hunting and the same thing, but they do it all season long. Like you're like a zombie at that point. Pretty much. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, you never know what's coming up next, you know? So that was May. Yeah, that was May two years ago. And I already knew I was relocating back to Colorado. And so I was like, we didn't really have much bow fishing here in Colorado. And so I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get to do this again. And then Mm -hmm. last year I had scheduled a bow fishing turkey trip back to Michigan and had to cancel it because of COVID. So it's, you know, there are days where you're going to be super tired, but then there's days where there's absolutely nothing going on and, you know, uh, you can catch up on sleep. So, yeah. How did did your season go with, with the whole COVID thing that kind of happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of difficult. I had to, I had a lot of trips canceled that were, um, with like bigger groups and stuff. Um, but I mean, I hunt by myself a lot, so a lot of my season didn't change. So, um, yeah, I ended up last season, I got my first elk, first mule deer buck, um, bunch of different ducks that I hadn't got yet bunch of different quail I hadn't got yet um yeah you just kind of marching through the order yeah (laughs) are you working on like the slam like a grand slam of all species no no (laughs) um I I would love to hunt in every single state I think that's that's my uh that's my bucket list so um, I think I'm up to 14 right now. So, nice. wow. yeah, but yeah. different species in different States. Um, just any species in any state. So, um, I just think it's, I mean, it's really cool. I'm always excited about hunting new States and hunting new species period. So that's usually my goal. Um, kind of once I get something, I, I like to focus on one thing every year. So last year I focused on getting a mule deer buck. Um, this year I'm focusing on bears. Um, so. Where, where's yeah. your, uh, your trip planned for bears? Uh, I'm going to be going to Montana and Idaho um, and probably Wyoming too. Nice. And oh, maybe so. Maine. I don't know. <laughs> so. so you're doing it all. <laughs> yeah. That's like yeah. knock four States out at once. <laughs> wow. Yeah, pretty and- much. And I mean, you never know, especially I, that's like a, that's, that's a, Trev's bucket list right now is bears. Like, yeah, we, that's, we've that's had like hell getting Trev a bear. It's on my radar. So, but nice. with the, like when you hunt Idaho and stuff, you're hunting like huge mountains and like, that's a totally different beast than going to like Maine or something like this. Are, they, are you doing it with hounds or are you just doing it from like stand or? Uh, so, well, I mean, most of it is just, um, I mean, over bait and stuff. And so we'll set up blinds, but, um, yeah, it's all like public land baiting. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So did, so did you, were you supposed to go on the hunts last year, but they got canceled for this year or they were booked for, uh, Yeah. So last year I have, um, one of my best friends who I teach hunter education with, um, he goes with one of his best friends and he lives in Kalispell, Montana. 
and they get together and they hunt Montana and Idaho every year. And I was supposed to go tag along with them last year and kind of shadow them and learn. And then, uh, that got canceled. So, um, so last year they, they closed a lot of States for out of state tags. Right. So you can purchase out of state tags. So, but hopefully we'll be doing it this year. What do you think about the fact that she may beat you to the bear (laughs) and the fact that we're we're both hitting Idaho this year, but we're not going after bear. No, no bear. So how's that make you feel, man? Yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. I I think it's kind of cool, actually. But you did mention something. that You teach hunter education? Mm-hmm. What made you yeah. get into that? Like, when did you start doing that? Um, I started teaching in, I don't know, maybe 2015 or something. Um, I actually applied to be an instructor in New York, and I got a letter back that said, um, you need to wait at least three years from when you take hunter ed to when you can teach it. And so okay. I had to wait another year, but, um, yeah, I ended up one of my mentors, um, one of my duck hunting mentors was a hunter education instructor and, uh, he wasn't super, um, mobile and, uh, had really bad knees and everything. And, uh, he would teach his classes by himself. And, uh, I kind of asked him one day if he wanted some help, um, kind of, coming to class and passing out things and, you know, changing the DVDs and whatnot and walking around with the different guns and doing the range portion. And so, um, I kind of started helping him out just to, um, give him a hand and keep him company. You know, it's a, it's a lot to, uh, volunteer for, you know, it's like a full weekend every month. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And then I, I just fell in love with it. So I've always enjoyed teaching and, um, it's something that's really important to me, you know, that, uh, hunter education is available to everyone and, um, and it's free. So it seems like everything you've kind of just like indulge yourself in fully 100%, <laughs> like you go and take the class, you're into the, that, and then the videoing and everything like that, like you totally indulge yourself in everything that you're doing with the outdoors, especially someone that doesn't really come from the outdoor family and starting a little bit later in, in your career. Yeah, it's funny when people ask me what I like to do besides hunt. I'm like, uh, does not compute. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand. So, um, nice. yeah, my my whole world revolves around hunting. It's what I do for work. It's what I do for fun. It's how I spend time with friends. It's what I do on vacation. So it's where all of my money goes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah makes sense. So I, I got to ask, you got to explain, how did you and Triv run into each other? Tell me how that all went. (laughs) (laughs) That explains it all. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I hit a skunk on the highway and I was just like, (laughs) I got to find some poor unsuspecting soul to throw this (laughs) into this car. No, I love it. I I forgot about that. Actually, (laughs) I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, geez. I was like, what is the first thing I said to you? Hey, what's up? Sorry, I hit a skunk on the way here. (laughs) um yeah we ended up um I was back home in Massachusetts for uh Christmas um for a couple weeks and was duck hunting and ended up um meeting your friend through Instagram and uh yeah they said do you want to come hunt and I said sure and uh 
that was kind of that. So, um, yeah, originally we were supposed to hunt in my hometown, um, or my, one of my hometowns <laughs> in, <laughs> in South Dartmouth, uh, right by where I used to grow up. So I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, I grew up like right on that Harbor, pretty much had a right away from our house down there. So, um, I thought that was pretty neat. And then, yeah, ended up going to Rhode Island instead, which was even cooler because I was actually born in Rhode Island and, uh, had never hunted in Rhode Island before. So now you were out with Trev and based on my experience, you guys couldn't have had much luck. No, no, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney actually did really well. She shot him up. She definitely shot him up. Any, any, a little bit better when we when we switched ammo, but uh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was difficult. I I hadn't been sea duck hunting in a long time. That's what I started off doing when uh when I was living in New York. I hunted out in Long Island a lot, um, kind of between Long Island and Fire Island on the South Shore. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been spoiled hunting puddle ducks that just land in your lap for the past couple years. So. <laughs> Nice. I think the best of it, honestly, was how many Harlequins we saw that day. There was a lot of Harlequins that day. They were so beautiful. (laughs) That's like, for those that don't know, like Harlequins are kind of one of those ducks that that's like the unicorn of the duck hunting world, I think, right? In the sea duck world anyways, is for us East Coasters is, is the Harlequin because we see them from time to time, but you can't shoot them or nothing like that. And then to see them, a lot you're like wow that's so majestic they're so cool they're so different because we so i didn't really even know them. that they were on the east coast i yeah. had no idea there's Not actually often, seen like one on long island before but i i was i had no idea there were that many that area that we actually were hunting there's actually a lot of them there's a good number of them in that area a couple different spots that we actually hunt um you see them from time to time believe it or not and you got to be really careful because they actually, the hen looks like um, a hen old squaw. And there's just one different, they have, instead of having a white dot, and you know, they have a white dot instead of a whole white top of their head the, between the hens and the harlequins. So it's a little tricky. You definitely have to pay attention when they come. Yeah, I definitely appreciated you guys IDing them. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say that can't be an easy task. The bird's coming in, it's quick, it's fast-paced, and to be able to identify them before calling the shot can't be easy. Yeah, yeah, there was pretty much, if it, if it didn't look like a, if it didn't look like a Drake Eider and it didn't look like a Scoter, I, uh, I was waiting for someone to say yeah. shoot it, so. <laughs> Good call. Sometimes when as we much so- as I would like to see one up close, I mean, yeah. I, can't, I can't, you know. Got to go to Alaska for that. Yeah. Or Washington is the other yeah. state that has them. But what other kind of waterfowl hunting did you do after that trip? Because you kind of went everywhere. I saw all kinds of different duck hunting that you were doing. Yeah. Um, I went to Oklahoma, uh, Arkansas, and Texas. Wow. So, yeah. Texas was pretty stellar. Um, it was just outrageous. The birds were there and, uh, and it's just redhead central, just like absolutely unreal. Um, just waves and waves and waves of them. So, um, yeah, so that was a really good hunt. Um, and just pretty cool to hunt in a 
totally different terrain. So we were hunting in like a mangrove um, area and then hunted on this little blip of an island, like pretty much the size of a, I don't know, truck that was all like built up with platforms and everything and um, chicken wire mesh and like palm fronds. So um, yeah, it was pretty wild. Take an airboat to get there. Nice. Yeah. So I'd never been on an airboat before. That was pretty fun. (laughs) That's a hell of a trip right there. Yeah. So what are, what are their limits down there? Cause I know like some's like upstate New York, you can only shoot two. Is that the same down there? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy that, I mean, we were just in tons and tons and tons of birds, Mm -hmm. um, but we didn't get limits because it was kind of a strange mixed bag. And so you can shoot um, two redheads a day, one pintail, I think one bluebill, um, and then anything else you wanted. And so um, I mean, 95% of what we saw were redheads. And so it was, you know, within the first five minutes, everyone was limited out on redheads and we're just, you know, watching them come in and watching them land in the decoys and take off and more land and more land. And so, um, there were quite a lot of pintails. Um, I think everybody got their pintail limit both days. Um, there wasn't a ton of bluebills, um, and they were kind of more out on the open water. So there's all these series of marshes, um, and mangroves all around, um, uh, where we were on the Gulf coast. And so the bluebills kind of stay out in the absolute open water, um, from what we were seeing. And so we only had a couple of groups of them come in and a couple of groups of teal. So, and we had a couple of spoonies come in. So it's definitely a mixed bag. Did you shoot the spoonies or just let them ride? Oh, hell yeah. Shoot the spoonies. (laughs) I know some guy. you see some of the Southern guys and they're like, no, we don't shoot those. We just pass those. We don't let those shoot. They're like coots. No, we don't shoot them. Everyone's got their bird they don't shoot. So, I mean, it's... For me, it's, it's a, if it's an area where I know that we have a ton of different kind of birds, you know, I mean, like from Massachusetts, like most people won't, well, a lot of people won't shoot McGansers and like some people won't shoot bluebills, you know? And so. Is it, is it really, is it really duck hunting if you're not floating a Merg? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) come on. (laughs) You always shoot your McGanser. A bonus Merg, that's a duck hunt. (laughs) So yeah, it's all us. it's all what you want to eat. So, but yeah. I mean, when you're shooting sea ducks, it's like, you know, redheads taste a little bit better, the mallards taste a little bit better, but they're still eating the same stuff. So, yeah, That's yeah, nice. it's a it was a pretty good season. Arkansas was tough. Um, it's just you know the migration has been really tough this year. The birds just haven't come down. Um, it was like mid sixties there. <laughs> when I went. So it was, I mean, you were in like shorts and flip-flops and right. uh, it was just tough. And so all the birds that were there, there were a decent amount of birds. Um, but they, I mean, they were all, they had been there for weeks and weeks and weeks and they were just not having it. Didn't want to come in a calls, like just would circle and circle and circle and circle and take off. So Cause they're just, they've, they've, they're just so educated by that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, God knows how long they've been around there. So, so it's pretty tough. So, um, but still beautiful. So 
getting Especially the hunt in the timber is pretty neat. Oh, so you hunted in the timber there. Yeah, so we did both. So um, I was down there um, with uh, like on a media hunt um, with sure shot game calls. And so we were staying, we were hunting out of a lodge there. So um, they do kind of half hunting in rice fields and half hunting in the timber. So we had one day of each, which was a blast. But I had gone to that same lodge uh, maybe three or four years ago. And I mean, it was lights out, like kind of limits as fast as you <laughs> wanted them, you know? Uh, and so it's just, is tough this year. So. Why don't you explain, you were talking about media hunts, kind of what that is and kind of what you do for work. Yeah. Kind of transition into that. Yes. Um, so I do a little bit of everything in the marketing world. Um, a little bit of digital marketing, a little bit of social media marketing. Um, I do a lot of writing, um, product reviews and things like that. And so, um, this year, the, uh, two hunts that I went on were both part of Savage Firearms. And so, um, I was met them last year, um, before they launched, uh, their Renegade shotgun. So it's their first, um, semi-auto shotgun. And so they had reached out to a bunch of outdoor writers and social media folks and, um, filmed a bunch of hunts. Um, with the gun before it was released. So, um, so I got to be a part of that. Um, that was the hunt that we did uh, this year in Texas. So um, we had a bunch of writers come and, um, and do that. And then uh, the one that I was at in Arkansas was with um, SureShot Game Calls. And so they invited a bunch of their pro staffers and then um, I had met them uh, through Savage Firearms. And, um, and so I went down as well and kind of, um, got a education in, um, duck calling. And I'm, I mean, I've been calling for a little while, but, uh, all self-taught, which is painful for the ear gen sometimes. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so, um, that's what I do a lot of is, uh, kind of writing about different brands, um, and doing kind of field testing with, with different products. So. That's awesome. So, so now do you like write for like magazines or what do you, how, how does that kind of work? Like your own articles or. Yeah. So I write for a couple different publications. Um, so I work for outdoor channel. That's my day job. And so I do a lot of writing for our blog. Um, we also own uh, 13 or 14 different magazines. And so I do um, writing for them as well. And then I also write for uh, Women's Outdoor News. Um, I do different, um, just a little bit of everything. Um, I just wrote a story for Delta Waterfowl Magazine. I'm working on a story for um, the Mule Deer Foundation. Um, wrote an article for Remington Ammo's new catalog, um, doing stuff for their email newsletter. So um, it's kind of a little bit of everything. So, so you've kind of, oops, it, I was going to say, it sounds like you have all the time in the world to go do whatever. <laughs> uh, well, you see the face? Except, <laughs> <laughs> except for what I'm working. So, um, you know, I, I definitely, um, definitely have shaped a career that um, revolves around what I love to do and, um, and gives me the time to do it. And so um, the last I don't know, probably five years. Um, I've been working remotely 
Um, and so it definitely gives me the flexibility to work from anywhere. Um, so yeah. That's Can't nice. beat that. <laughs> yeah. So before I was working at Outdoor Channel, I was working at a, um, a parent apparel company called Hunt to Eat. Um, and I was running their marketing department. And then before that, I was working for a production company up in Michigan called Be Alive, um, which is run by the Kiefer Brothers, um, who have a couple of shows on Outdoor Channel and Sportsman Channel and Discovery Channel um, and worked uh, production for them. Um, so yeah, every it all revolves around hunting. <laughs> There's nothing better than that. So your yeah. roots actually go back to film and TV and that's what yeah, got they do. you there. It is. So, um, yeah, television was definitely my first love. Um, I feel like I remember when I told my parents I wanted to work in television, they were like, Oh my goodness. We're so surprised. I'm like, why are you surprised? I probably watched like six hours of TV a day. <laughs> as a kid. But, uh, yeah, when I was in middle school, my best friend, um, her mom ran our local television um, station in Dartmouth, Massachusetts, uh, the community television station. And I started hanging out there when I was in middle school. And uh, in high school, we had a really amazing, our, our high school was pretty phenomenal for a, for a public school. And our uh, TV station was actually attached to our high school. And so we had TV technology classes in high school. And so I learned how to use um, Final Cut Pro when I was in high school and, you know, different cameras, different microphones. We did, um, you know, we had live morning news every day and we had, you know, all sorts of crazy equipment. Um, and yeah, so I, I pretty much dove into that. I filmed all of our football games, all of our town hall meetings, um, stuff for the historical society, um, for Dartmouth and New Bedford, Massachusetts for the whaling, uh, museum and, um, everything like that. And so, uh, that's what I ended up going to college for. Um, I went to college in Brooklyn, New York, a place called Pratt Institute and, uh, got a BFA in film and television. So, yeah. And kind of just took it right into the outdoor industry right after that. Yeah. You know, it was, it was totally a fluke. So, I mean, I think I, I probably applied to 20 different TV networks and, uh, and Sportsman Channel was the one that gave me the most interesting offer. Um, you know, it was a very, very tiny network at the time. Uh, it was based in Wisconsin, um, but they had a satellite office in New York City. And so, yeah, my new boss said, you know, you're going to work your butt off. You're going to wear a bunch of different hats, but you're going to get to do a little bit of everything. And, uh, and yeah, two weeks after I took the job, I was down in Texas, um, producing a shoot with like 15 of our show hosts and, uh, yeah, knew nothing about hunting. That was pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm emailing all these people and I'm like, okay, how are you guys all going to get your guns there? I'm like, shit. Okay. I called up FedEx and I was like, do you ship guns? <laughs> Had no idea. One of our show hosts was so sweet. She was like, well, you know, we just take them on the plane with us. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. I didn't know this. <laughs> um, 
And then apparently I didn't tell anyone that I actually needed them to bring ammo. So nobody brought ammo with them. And uh, yeah, one of the show hosts shot a very particular caliber that like you couldn't find anywhere. I had to drive like two hours to Cabela's um, to go <laughs> to go find ammo. And then one of our duck hunters didn't bring any ammo and <laughs> just had turkey loads. And so that'll do it. We were we were doing some really cool slow motion footage. Um, and so we had, we went to Home Depot, we bought like all of these ornamental grasses, we had a rain machine and did some ultra, ultra, ultra slow mo footage. And we we're like, okay, well, we just need you to pull up and shoot like, you know, three rounds, just, you know, as fast as you can, uh, with like three and a half inch Magnum loads. And I didn't understand at the time why he hated me so much. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> And his so, shoulder was um, located in his back. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's been kind of funny. And I remember, um, uh, pig man, Brian Quaka was, uh, he lived not too far away and I had called him and said, you know, I'm kind of nervous, like what's going to happen if people's stuff doesn't come and this and that. And I said, could you just, you know, bring a little bit of everything? And he's like, what? He's like, what do you want me to bring? And I said, I don't know. Just bring like one of everything. He's like, you don't tell that to a Texan. He's like, my truck will be dragging on the ground. Exactly. Like, one of everything. Especially, okay. especially him. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's like, all right, city don't, girl, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty, pretty fun road. What is, what has kind of been like the most, the craziest moment that you've had with some of the people? Uh, probably the most interesting day at work I've ever had was when, um, uh, Pigman was doing, he did his, um, Apocalypse, uh, oh, series yeah. with Ted Nugent. And so we went down and, uh, and we filmed some of that, which was crazy. So I got to go up in the helicopter with them and do some filming. Um, and yeah, totally wild. I could only totally imagine <laughs> that's a pretty like, good day is, at work. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is a very weird day at work, but, um, just a blast. So, um, you've we created, <laughs> we recreated some of the scenes from apocalypse now, which was hilarious. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. Hats off to you guys on that one. That was a, that was a good one. It was a winner. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got a lot of kicks out of watching that one. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, and it definitely spun off. So we were the, um, the guys that we went with, um, uh, the guys who owned Heli Hunter, um, they actually ended up getting their own TV show after that. Um, and then of course, um, you know, at, after it got legalized to be able to sell, you know, trips, um, not even sell them, but to have anybody, you know, go up and, and right. do those hunts, um, it kind of exploded from there. So, but that was, that was really cool to be a part of that, you know, kind of toes the line of, um, you know, we can call it hunting, but, you know, to non-hunters, we don't call it hunting because it's, I mean, it's not hunting, it's, it's eradication, you know, so it's, you know, if you've got a rat problem, you call an exterminator. You got a cockroach problem, you call an exterminator. If you have a feral hog problem, you call an exterminator. And so, you know, up until the point where you were able to 
sell those hunts, um, you know, all those guys still existed, you know, just as exterminators. And so farmers would call them, you know, and say, I've got a hog problem, you know, and they would come and take care of it, you know, as a service, as an extermination service. So um, it's been really interesting to watch that over the years, hog hunting, you know, in general, and then, uh, you know, especially the helicopter stuff, but, you know, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> You've kind of seen like the whole, the whole entire outdoor industry kind of mold into what it is today. Like you've kind of been in the ups and downs of it. Yeah. So when I, I started working at Sportsman Channel in 2011, um, they were still, I mean, uh, had been around for, I think like six or seven years already. And, uh, and really just watched it grow and explode. And um, so I think in, I don't know, 2014 or 2015, um, Stan Kroenke here in Denver purchased Outdoor Channel, which was our biggest competitor. Um, and then uh, about a year later, he purchased Sportsman Channel. And so um, we went from being rival networks to being sister networks. So he moved both networks um, to Denver. Um, and it's funny, still a lot of people don't know this, um, but so yeah, so Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel and World Fishing Network, uh, we're all owned by the same company. And so we're, we're all run by the same team. Nice. So, yeah, so, um, so the digital marketing department that I work in, we handle all three networks. Um, and then, uh, when um, Stan Kroenke acquired uh, Sportsman Channel, we also came, our parent company at the time was Intermediate Outdoors, uh, which owned like 13 or so magazines, um, including um, Guns and Ammo, Rifle Shooter, Wildfowl Magazine, Gun Dog, Peterson's Hunting, Bowhunter, um, Predator Nation. Yeah, just a Fly Fisherman Magazine, Game and Fish and Fisherman. So now, so we're all one big family. So uh, we're called Outdoor Sportsman Group. Um, and so we have the three networks, all the magazines and yeah. That's enough to keep you busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just Poor <saying>. girl. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty cool that we're really, a, you know, I mean, we are the powerhouse of the industry. Um, you know, there's a couple other smaller TV networks out there and a couple of streaming platforms, but most of what you're going to catch on them is uh, repeats of, you know, stuff that have been on our networks. Um, so it's really cool. Um, so we get to work with you know, the best talent in the industry, the best brands. And, uh, and it's pretty cool. We get to stay on the, on the edge of all the new product releases and everything like that. And so it's fun. Um, you know, it's such a bummer this year that shot show is canceled because I look forward to that every year going and, seeing all the fun new toys that are coming out. And so, um, but we did a digital showcase, which was still pretty cool. Um, and stuff from the ATA show too. Nice. Yeah, it sucked not going to ATA this year. That was definitely one of, I've never been to shot show, but ATA is definitely one of the fun ones. I enjoy being there. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like a big family reunion every year and you get to see all the folks that you, <laughs> you know, email with all year and, um, you know, get to catch up and, and see what everybody's been working on. And, you know, you get to a point where you think like, what else could possibly be invented? And then come there it is. 
some cool that we need. Seven thousand. There it is. <laughs> why we're all broke. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's why the addiction is so bad because people that are innovative in our industry. Exactly. So, um, the one, the one and last question that I have for you is, and I ask everybody this is what drives you outdoors? What drives me outdoors? Other than your um, car. We get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it just gives me, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but like it gives me a reason to get up in the morning. Um, I am not a morning person. Um, and it's in a nutshell, I say that hunting is the way that I choose to spend time with friends. And so, you know, I'm always chasing a new species. Like I enjoy, you know, I've got some trophies on the wall, but for me, hunting is how I choose to spend time with friends. And so, you know, some people are a little shy about calling hunting a hobby. It obviously is much more than a hobby, um, but it is, you know, the sport that we choose. Um, you know, I don't play tennis. I don't play golf. Um, luckily I don't have a fishing addiction, (laughs) but, um, but it's how I spend time with friends. And so, you know, we go camping and we go out and we go hunting and, um, you know, cooking and just watching the sunrises and watching the stars. Like, I don't think I'd ever see a sunrise, uh, (laughs) if I I didn't hunt. Um, and it's just so relaxing. It's, it's just so good for you. And it's, um, you know, especially I lived in New York city for nine years. And when I started hunting, I, that's where I was living. And it just absolutely turned my whole world on its head. You know, the bars close at four in the morning in New York city. And I was waking up and I was leaving my house at more, you know, 3am driving out to long Island out to, you know, sometimes out to Montauk, hopping on a boat and and catching the sunrise somewhere, you know, in the middle of the bay. And, uh, it's a life that humans used to live. Um, and it's interesting that it takes so much time and effort and sometimes money and a lot of dedication to experience something that, you know, we should have been experiencing all along. So Mm -hmm. for me, I know, you know, I'm always more calm. I'm always more happy when I'm out in the woods and, you know, when I'm on the water and, you know, if you don't see anything, if you don't hear anything, if you don't shoot anything, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's a win, you know, I'm not, it's never a wasted day. (laughs) That was probably the best. Yeah. I was going to say that hands down, we've gotten a lot of answers and I say this a lot, but this is, that's probably the best answer to that question that we have had thus far. Yeah. Yeah. I will not take that away from you. You definitely take that award. We yeah, might have you, to make a certificate because yeah, that was slide up to number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Courtney, why don't you just share it with everybody? I mean, if you want to, uh, where they can find you, uh, follow along with kind of what you have going on and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Courtney with freckles. Uh, if I ever thought I'd use Instagram for more than a week. I would have put, more than 10 minutes into coming up with a name. Um, but yeah, catch me on there. I love chatting with people. Um, I love, I love when people, you know, ask me for advice or ask me, you know, how do I get into the outdoor industry? How do I find a job in the outdoor industry? Um, you know, 
If you want to learn how to get a TV show, I will tell you. Spoiler alert, it is a ton of work and a ton of time. And um, money. But if, and money. And money. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're super passionate about it, we need more of that in the industry. And so, especially women, any women out there, um, uh, yeah, send me a message. I always love to chat. Outstanding. Awesome. Well, Courtney, we can't thank you enough for your time. It's been a good conversation. And I feel like we could go down this hole for a long time. So I think we'll do you a favor and call it quits here for now. But I got a feeling there will be some conversations in the future. So heck yeah, go make some more stories and have more for us. Always. (laughs) Not that you have enough that to do anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I got to clean some pheasants that are sitting outside. So, (laughs) oh well, I'm excuse me. I'm sorry. Don't let me hold you back from that. (laughs) All right. Well, everyone. Follow along, check it out, and uh, we can't thank you guys enough for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. <laughs>